The Outskirts of Faith podcast is brought to you by Monkey Nut Audiobooks. Creating audiobooks, podcasts and voiceovers that keep people listening. Hello and welcome to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. This is the podcast for everyone. This is conversation that's been going on around 2,000 years and that conversation has stemmed from the beginning of time. You're very, very welcome here to the first ever episode of The Outskirts of Faith. Let's see what's coming up on today's show. I wasn't just on the outskirts of faith. I was on, you know, the absolute barren wilderness of faith. It wasn't really until I went to university and I hit a complete emotional brick wall. My parents did the best they could growing up. They're not terrible people by any stretch, but, you know, they had a difficult marriage and and life was challenging. And in my teenage years, really things went pretty AWOL for me. I ended up in some pretty dark spaces and some dark places. I was overlooking a golf course and I said to God, if you're real, like, this is real, this would be something that I would have to really think carefully about how I live, you know, what this means. This old guy walked past me and sat on a bench next to me. I was at this golf course and he was like, can I just share something with you? And I was like, okay, fine. So I'm very excited to be with someone we absolutely love here. We've known her for a while and she's an author and public speaker. Well, that's what I've been, you know, sort of when we talked about it, I'll put that down, but she's so much more. And who better than say herself than Kathy Madvan. Kathy, thank you for coming on the Outskirts of Faith podcast. Well, thank you. You sound like my one person PR machine. Excellent work. I'm going to do it. What do you want me to say? I'm just going to keep going. I'll say whatever you want. I don't know. Mistress of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which you are. I feel like at least some kind of sound effect there, you know. So author and public speaker. Yeah, that kind of summarizes it, you know, poorly because you're so much more. So how many books have you written, first of all? Do you know what? That's a really good question. I Thank think, you. Uh, I've uh, uh, three like proper long books, but I've done some shorter bits and pieces, and then you know loads of different articles and columns for magazines and stuff. I'm always scribbling something. Yeah, because you're constantly being asked to write for various bits and pieces. So, who have you written for, for example? Well, the last couple of books, um, which have been brilliant to be recording some of these books with you, but the last book is Why Less Means More, which is about making space for what matters most. And that's really about recalibrating and simplifying your life around what your priorities are. Before that, I wrote a book called Irrepressible, which is about resilience, really, and sharing some of my story, my husband's story. So my husband's lost his eyesight since we've been married, and that's kind of quite a big part of our life and resilience. I wrote a more faith-based book called Digging for Diamonds back in the day, and we I think I recorded that with you. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah. So that's been a, a while back. But then I, I, uh, I write for a, a magazine called Woman Alive, which is a great magazine for women, write a column for them. And uh, yeah, lots of podcasts, lots of blogs, often for Care for the Family, a charity I do a lot of work with. So I'm often writing bits and pieces for them as well. I just really, I really enjoy it. It's it's a great way of being, crafting words is fun. And everyone seems to know you. Like everyone, if I go somewhere, I was in, literally, I was in Bristol the other day. I was at the um, Baptist College and I was like, oh, I just mentioned your name. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know Kathy. Yeah, we know Kathy. It's like, it seems that you get asked to go and do a lot of public speaking and go to a lot of events and festivals. Is that sort of your every week kind of thing? Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it, the UK is not a big country, is it? And if you're involved in public speaking and particularly in a particular field, whether that's mental health and well-being or faith space, you do tend to bump into the 
the same kinds of people. And my superpower, if I have one, apart from reverse parking, which I'm pretty good at, um, is is connecting with people. I love connecting with people. And then I love connecting people I know with other people and introducing people and encouraging people. So, you know, I, I just, I love making friends and building relationships. So that's all great, but let's go back to the reverse parking. <laughs> <laughs> so is this is this with or without cameras? Is this like wing mirror stuff? I oh, mean, I don't need a camera. No. no. In fact, they sometimes confuse things yeah, right. a little bit. It's, you know, a bit like with Satnav coming in, you start trusting that rather than your own skills, you know. But I have to say, getting to the point, you know, going to get a bit Davina McCall and start talking about menopause, my spatial stuff is getting a bit messed up. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to lose my superpower. I'm worried that I'm going to lose my listeners on episode one because they're like, well, we're here on the outskirts of Faith podcast and what on earth are they talking about? Sorry, <laughs> off-piste. No. We'll, we'll, no, we'll pick up on that some more, I think. Okay, so we are talking outskirts of Faith podcast. So a question for you, quite simply, and I'm going to ask everybody throughout this series the same questions. Okay. All right, little tweak, different answers. And the whole point of this is that there is a door for everybody to Jesus. That's the whole point. There is a door where you can go in, doesn't matter who you are, if you're flat on the floor, if you're climbing up a rope ladder, if you have to work hard for it, if you fall for it, if you're going through trauma, whatever, there is a door for you. There is a door, no matter where you are. And I just want to ask you really, have you ever found yourself on the outskirts of faith or found yourself sort of having to question at some point? And if you have found yourself there through a difficult time, how did you pull yourself back to where you are now? And if you haven't, let's just say you, you haven't wondered at all with that, have you ever been with someone or witnessed that? And what did that look like? Well, maybe it's just worth saying, I wasn't brought up believing in God and I didn't go to church. I honestly thought that Easter was hot cross bun day and chocolate day. And I had no idea that the Christmas story was supposed to be a real thing. Can I just say that even though this is a Christian <laughs> podcast, please do eat hot cross buns and please do have some chocolate in moderation. Absolutely. Yeah. And other snacks are available. But <laughs> um, I, had, I had no idea that those things... So I wasn't just on the outskirts of faith. I was on, you know, the absolute barren wilderness of faith. And it wasn't really until I went to university and... I've hit a complete emotional brick wall because my parents did the best they could growing up. They're not terrible people by any stretch, but, you know, they had a difficult marriage and, and life was challenging. And in my teenage years, really things went pretty, pretty AWOL for me. And I ended up in some pretty dark spaces and some dark places. And when I got to university, it, it felt like the foundations of my life just disappeared and I sank. Um... And really, that's where somebody started sort of sharing with me that there was a God who loved me unconditionally as I was. And, and if, I'm, if I'm really honest with you, Elliot, that just seemed like too good to believe. Why had no one told me this before, if it was true? How, how, who told you this? I mean, where did you hear this? So it was a guy at university. Um, and Okay, full disclosure. Oh, it's happening on the first oh. podcast. So here's the thing. Um, I, I wasn't that interested in Jesus. But I was very interested in him. <laughs> and so when he started to say, you know, can you, you know, I, I'd like to tell you about faith. I'm like, yeah, yeah, tell me whatever. I don't care. As long as you're talking to me, I don't really care. And when he invited me the first time to church, I was like, that, my friends, 
is a date. And so I said, yes, I couldn't have really cared. But these people in this little tiny church welcomed me like a new member of their family. It wasn't a big, modern, fancy church. They were just people who loved me mm. and welcomed me into the family, um, despite all my questions and all my insecurities and all my misconceptions. Um, they just made a space at the table for me. And I think there is something really beautiful about that hospitality of going, welcome home, welcome home to a place where you can belong, where you can be, where you can be loved. And they began to express to me what I didn't really understand at the time was the love of, of God. And I didn't really have those foundations of love. I'd had a lot of experience you know, disappointment and exploitation and being treated badly. And what I had fathomed about myself was that I was unlovable and I wasn't worth caring about. And these people demonstrated something incredibly different about that. And so, you know, eventually I, I did pray a, a prayer. I didn't realize it was a prayer, but I was overlooking a golf course. And I said to God, if you're real, like this is real, if this is real, this would, this would be something that I would have to really think carefully about how I live, you know, what this means. Mm. This old guy walked past me and sat on a bench next to me. I was at this golf course and he was like, can I, um, can I just share something with you? And I was like, okay, fine. And he just said, I'm, I actually live overseas. I'm a missionary. I walked past you and I really felt that I needed to say to you that God is real and he loves you. Mm. It was, I, I don't know whether I believe in angels or whether people do, but it was, it was just one of those, like, it's, if this is, this is extraordinary. And so I, I went back to the university. I found the chaplaincy. I found the chaplain. I was like, oh my gosh, God is real. Chaplain was like, yeah, I know. I'm a chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. Um, and so I, I really discovered this new foundation of unconditional love in my life. Did that mean that my life and my insecurities and the stuff that I was struggling with was sorted out overnight? No, I'm still a work in progress, frankly, now. But at that point, I think I moved from being an observer and a curious bystander to someone who thought, this deserves more of my life and more of my attention. And, you know, obviously, you know, the fact that Jesus would give everything for me to demonstrate his love for me. At that point, it was irrefutable. It was not just a historical document, but it was something that transformed my life. And, and you know, really, I, I can't really deny that. I can't deny that. It, it was transformational. There'll be a lot of people who are perhaps in that situation now. Yeah. You know, well, there are people in that situation now. And what would you say to those people who think, for example, oh, yeah, it sounds great and... Yeah, I'd like to explore more, but I don't know. I don't, what, what would you know? Just in that place, they're more tilted towards the the no, but they, you know, they, deep down, they would love to explore that a bit further. What what would you say to those people? Well, it's funny. I think there's a few different people. I I also want to say to that first of all to the Christians who feel like you know they have a faith, but they're never confident to share it or to yeah, that, right. You know that yeah. guy who sat down on the bench next to me and had that nudge to share. Like my story changed. The trajectory of my life changed because he was the answer to a prayer he didn't even know had been prayed. Mm. And I think sometimes those of us who have faith feel like no one is interested, no one really cares. But sometimes we get that nudge and we have no idea what has brought people 
to that moment. So I guess I would just say to people who might be listening to this with faith, you you could be the answer to someone's prayer. And for those those of us who have you know been in that position where we just feel like you know we are not worth loving or perhaps it, it can't be true, I would I would just invite you to explore the story of Jesus and think about how his story might interact with your story because what i discovered when i read the, the you know the some of the bible then you know it would start at mark or matthew in the new testament which i'd never read no one had ever told me really about it was there was this guy that lived all this time all these years ago who deliberately i love the title of your podcast because he deliberately went for the people on the outskirts. That's right. That's you know, right. he he angled his life towards people that the rest of the world said were on the margins. In fact, in the eyes of Jesus, the people on the margins are at the center. And the people who society said were at the center, he put on the margins. The people with all the status, all the significance, all the power were the ones that were less, less of his, you know, less of his focus. Jesus cared most for those who who needed, yeah, who needed his care and his love, and that doesn't mean to say that he, you know that if you're successful or wealthy or beautiful that God doesn't care for you because he does, you know, he really does. But if you're in a space where you don't feel that lovable or you don't feel that sure that you know you could be loved and known by the, you know a creator, then I think even more so. It's wonderful to know that you've been designed and cared for by somebody and that your life can look different. I think a key word that you said was the word explore. Mm. You know, because I th- I get it. You know, I, th- I think there'll be some people, you know, they're going, well, it sounds great. And yeah, I want to believe that. But, you know, my mates are saying this or such are saying that. Or how, how can I feel like this? Or how can someone love me like this? And it's really, I mean, I would love just to like just close my eyes and just say, you know, God is real. Jesus does love you. There is a thing called the Holy Spirit. And when you start exploring, it suddenly becomes very clear that it's real, right? But the word explore is, you know, you can go and find someone. I mean, you you run churches. I mean, is is it something that would you ever expect an an, an email to come through and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a bit curious, but I'm a bit you know, nervous about coming into church or something. Is that a thing? I mean, yeah, of course. And, and, and let's be honest, Elliot, we're all on a journey. That's right. Like, I'm, I'm exploring stuff all the time. I'm asking why God hasn't answered this prayer or why God has answered that prayer. Um, you know, why things happen in the world as they do. And yet then you see the goodness of people in the world and how, how people can be ex- extraordinary in the best ways and the worst ways. And that we're always, we're always discovering more about life and discovering more about, no one gets downloaded all the answers in one swoop and suddenly we're complete human beings. Like we're all exploring. And that's the beauty of life is that we're exploring each other, humanity, ourselves, faith, the universe. And actually, that's that's a beautiful thing. None of us have all of the answers. And perhaps it should just be okay to say there are some things we're more certain about. There are some things we have doubt about. And that's completely normal. Yeah, we have people all the time. I had a lady turn up a couple of weeks ago to church who said she'd come uh, from a house down the road, a, a rehab house, and she said, you know, I don't expect to stay to the end of the service. Um, I'm just going to sit at the back. And, and I was like, you know what? You make yourself welcome because we're all in recovery. 
We're all recovering from something. We're all being restored. We're all broken here. There's no perfect human beings in this building. You make yourself absolutely at home. And at the end of the service, she literally bounced to the front and hugged me and said, I stayed for the whole thing and I can't wait to come back. And I was (laughs) like, you know, you make yourself at home here. Make yourself at home here. There are no, there's no one perfect here. So you're welcome. that message goes out to everyone. And I, I have to say, I feel like I'll be saying this a lot throughout the podcast, that if you do go to a church and you think to yourself, you know, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, that doesn't necessarily mean that church isn't for you. It may mean like, just look around other churches, you know, if you like gospel there, you know, there's gospel music and there's rock and there's, you know, traditional high church and all things like that. But but explore and, and just that's the key word, explore. I love that you said well, that. Well, and the great thing is now you can, if you're really nervous, you can you can look at churches online, some fantastic churches. That, bit of Zoom. You know, that, um, but that also just broadcast their services on a Sunday. So you can dip your toe in the water if you want to. There's, you know, there's different ways. There's online alpha course groups. Alpha is a great way of exploring faith. Um, and there are online groups that you can do that on. So technology is great. But and also, I think the first time we go into church, I remember the first time going into church and I remember thinking that everyone else's life was sorted because you see the outside of other people. That's right. You make a thousand assumptions Mm. about what their life looks like and about what their families are like. And the truth is, they're just people muddling through like you. That's the reality. Their faith may be more established or it might not. Um, They may have you know, be a Christian from a Muslim background, or they may just be exploring the first steps of faith themselves. You you just don't know. So be kind to yourself and to others and people will make mistakes because they're not perfect. Um, but, but faith matters. Who we are and what our purpose in life is matters. And having a firm foundation of unconditional love is a game changer in life. It is a firm foundation. It is a rock that you can build your life on. And so it's got to be worth exploring. That's right. That's right. So the Bible uh, is made up of stories and books and chapters and verses. And each week I'm going to ask our guests to bring their favorite verse with them or one of their favorite verses and just read it to us and tell us why you have chosen that. could be two words. It could be a, a long one. It's up to you. But what have you brought with you today, Kathy? Great question to have. So I have chosen a verse from a New Testament book. There's a guy called Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. He wrote letters. And this is from one of his letters. It's in 2 Corinthians. He wrote it to the Corinthian people. And it's 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. And it just simply says this, that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power comes from God and not us. And I love this image. I love a metaphor. Yeah, go on. Um, and I love an image. And I love this fact that we are these fragile jars. And that we are fragile, aren't we? And I, I, I feel I'm very fragile, whether it's mental health, whether it's, whether it's our physical health. We are fragile. And it's okay to be fragile. It's okay. To, and it's okay to admit yeah. um, that, you know, and actually sometimes us being honest about our fragility is the very thing that gives somebody else confidence to be honest about their fragility as well. Absolutely. So we're not alone, are we? But I love this verse because it doesn't stop there. It doesn't say, you know, that we are just fragile jars, deal with it. It says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And we have not got the power that the treasure in us 
is this riches of God. It is the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. He is this treasure in us. So I don't have to have all of the strength, all of the answers, all of the resources, all of the power, all of the capability, because I I not, I don't have it. Like I'm not, I don't, I just don't have all of that capacity. But where I'm weak, I know that God is strong and he can be the strength that I need. I tell you what, I need his strength because I'm, you know, I'm pretty weak some days. I struggle some days. I know that when I pray, I know that when I talk to friends, I know that when I do come back to those Bible verses, I can find strength that I need. And oh my gosh, I've really appreciated that over the years. So I keep coming back to that that verse. I wrote about it a lot in, in a book that I wrote called Digging for Diamonds. That really was a key verse for me in that book. Because that treasure has been, it has been precious to me. Absolutely lovely. I mentioned about prayer as well. And, you know, if you are new to prayer and you think, oh, I don't, I want to pray, but I don't know how to pray. There is no right way to pray. You do what's right for you. I mean, that it can develop, you know, sometimes I think, Kathy, I, I think to myself, oh man, that was just a really rubbish prayer. But the beauty is that God knows your heart, right? And before you've even said the words, before you've even prayed God knows and just by it's a bit of relationship and just by just speaking you know just just thinking and then saying the words on your own you know quietly or loud it's completely up to you in whether you're angry or whether you're sad or whatever however you feel whether you just want a conversation I do it in the car I must like a right nutter driving down you know the person in the car and I'm having a right old chat out loud you know it's a relationship and it's it's, it's I really urge you just to start it because it is really cool you mentioned about alpha earlier as well and the outskirts of faith we do have our website as well and it has all those resources as well so if you want to if you're going through something in your life or you want to know more or study more or you're going through some trauma then hopefully there is a link or two for you if you go and check it out okay so we have come to what does it mean i really don't have a clue so we have, we've come to, what does it mean? I really don't have a clue. Your face is looking at me like, Elliot, what? <laughs> what? And basically the whole point of this, right, is that I think words can pop up sometimes, which can be a bit of a barrier to people having conversation about Christianity or about their faith. You know, loads of things that pop up. And I'm sure that throughout the series or the ongoing podcast, I should say, we're going to address some of these words. Just so if someone says it, you can kind of know where they're coming from or just kind of, you know, at least join in and not be scared and think, oh, I don't know anything about that. Because I I hear them all the time and I'm constantly saying, sorry, what what does that mean? Okay, so I've got a word for you today. It's a word that pops up quite a lot. And that is the word Sabbath. So Sabbath, it sounds like a very Old Testament word. It sounds very old. I I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, hey, so the Sabbath, eh? So can you please explain, Kathy, what is Sabbath? Do you know what? It's just, I love that you're doing this because there is like, there's this kind of almost a religious jargon. I know when I became a school governor, there was always school jargon, but actually there is a load of faith jargon, isn't there? And I, I'm really into rhythms of life and well-being and trying to create, you know, healthy uh, a way of sustainably living. That's one of the things I'm really trying to dig into. It's what my last book's been about. It's been, tr- you know, it's trying to sort of recalibrate a little bit this season of life. And Sabbath is one of those words that comes up. And you're right, it is Old Testament. It's actually a Hebrew, a Hebrew word called Shabbat. It means to stop. 
But you know, it, it was quite a religious, strict, legalistic word. So um, from what I understand from generations past, people would not do their laundry on a Sabbath, on the Sunday. Um, they would not go to the cinema. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let their kids play with toys on a Sunday. It was quite a legalistic thing. But it isn't necessarily about just being strict with yourself. It is about acknowledging that um, none of us is supposed to be on 24-7 all the time, working, 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 stressing ourselves out. And actually, it turns out that God gave an instruction in the Old Testament that they would have, they would keep a day set apart, like keep a day as holy. They would keep a day where they, they aren't in the fields, people aren't working, to actually delight in God, delight in one another, to delight in community and eating together, in resting so that when we work, it is out of a place of rest. Sometimes we treat our, our day off as if it's, you know, a day to cram in even more activity. That is so true. We're just like, we're off to the shopping mall. We've got to do this. We've got, got to do, do this. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, we haven't rested a, at all. Uh, maybe, maybe it is a day where we just digitally detox a bit. If like, you're feeling like that, by the way, and you're watching this on YouTube, write, write down below if you agree with that, because I'm, I'm totally behind. Well, we, we, I, mean, I think we all, uh, yeah, all relate, don't we? Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Um, and read my book, Why Less Means More, because yeah. it talks about this a lot. It does. I highly recommend it. It's great. We, you know, I really kind of explore this a little bit because I, I do think that we, we end up being so busy on our day off that we haven't learned how to detach. And, and it is a good time to think, can I digitally detox for a day every now and then? Can I think about what are the things that fill my soul up on a day? Whether that is, you know, it might be a faith thing, it might be going to church, it might be gathering friends around a table. It might be spending time, it might be reading a book. Yeah. It might be going for a walk in nature, listening to some beautiful music. What are the things that actually help us to replenish? Because the tank's always emptying out, Elliot. The tank's always, the, the tap is always on, our energy's always getting depleted. So I think my question is, how do we fill up the tank at the top? And the concept of Sabbath, which is very biblical, one day in seven, it says in the creation story in Genesis that God rested on the seventh day and if God sanctions resting for himself, then it surely is okay for you and I to yeah. take a day out and to put that regularly as a rhythm in our life. But what I'm hearing as well is that when you when you take that time to rest and, oh man, so guilty for not, not doing <laughs> it. I mean, after we've done this, I've got to drive 200 miles or something, you know. But you've got to take time to do that. I try really, really hard to have this time now. It's really important because... It's ongoing. Like if, you, if you've got kids, for example, it's great because you're also teaching them to do the same, especially in this world where it's just ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. But what I'm actually think, hearing as well is that by acknowledging, like if you've got family you can spend it with or, or your friends or, or taking a walk, you are acknowledging the gifts of, from God. Absolutely. Well. So you are acknowledging God. Like you're almost doing an alternative prayer. You know, if you're, if you're new to prayer and you think, so, oh, you know, I want to get into it. Well, maybe consider this Sabbath and spend it with someone you love or a friend. If you, if you feel like you, you've got nowhere that you can go to, for example, but you've got, you've got a friend, you know, or you've, got a, or you've got a gorgeous dog, you know, and you go, you go somewhere, go down on the beach or something and just take a moment to appreciate it as almost like an alternative prayer. Would, would it, you agree with that? I, I think rest is spiritual. Rest yeah. is spiritual. Looking at a sunset is spiritual. Looking at nature is spiritual. But we pay a lot of money to go and do these things. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to go pay to get that. Go there so I can watch this amazing sunset. 
Absolutely. And yeah. I think, you know, innately we know yeah, this yeah, is yeah. something that is is really good for us. But then we guilt trip ourselves if we stop, that we could be being more productive and we could be being more in effect. And don't get me wrong, Elliot, like we all have seasons where it's deadline season or we're caring for a baby or, you know... Let's not, I don't do guilt. Like, you know, there are times when all of us are a little bit maxed out. But I think my worry as I've been researching and thinking and writing and speaking on this is that that's become our normal, that we live maxed out lives with with no gaps. And for me, that concept of Sabbath, which was a very strange religious word when I first heard it, I'm actually like, man, this is bang up to date. This is modern. This is contemporary. This is about creating margin in our life. And who knew that God sanctioned it? Who knew? Like this is uh, incredibly ancient, spiritual, biblical thing. It is great wisdom for us to actually think about some boundaries around the relentlessness of life. And if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, it's what we want yeah. as well. It's almost like it's what we need. It's what we need. To breathe, isn't it? Just to breathe Just a little breathe. bit. <sighs> I know. That's quite a good sound effect. That was beautiful. Yeah, you. that was lovely. That. Brilliant. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Please don't. You might get into some trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never thought of that. Kathy, <laughs> stop it. Um, okay, Sabbath, thank you very much for that. So where would you say you've seen God working recently? And the reason why I'm saying this, I think that it's very easy when you think of God and Jesus, and you hear these stories, and it's like making a blind man see, walking on water. But I feel like it's, in so many ways, it's so much simpler than that. It's not all about the big miracle. And I'm just wondering, where would you, if you were just like, so for example, I, uh, the other day, just walking with my dog, Denver, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not sure why I should say a dog's name, but anyway, he's called Denver, he's awesome. You know, we're walking around, and then I saw some people and they were random people. There were two people. They obviously didn't know each other, but they were talking. And I went around sort of the block. And when I came back, they were still talking. And for me, it was kind of like a bit of a praise God moment that these people could just connect two strangers. And it was just that simple thing. And I just felt like I saw God at work there. Just one of those heaven touching earth kind of moments. Yeah, yeah. Just well, it's, it's not even as big as that. It's just the fact that that kind of thing that we have, that kind of essence we have inside us, that kind of flame, you know, that godly flame. And these people were just connecting together, laughing like they've been mates forever. And That's I love beautiful. That. So where would you say that you've seen God working recently? That's a really interesting question because I think um, sometimes we think that seeing God at work means that he's some kind of slot machine in the sky and we put a prayer in and we get a result out. You know, mm. I want, you know, God give me the job promotion and, oh, I didn't get the job promotion. Well, that means God isn't real or he doesn't care for me. And I personally don't think that that is how it works. And I'm not saying that praying doesn't make a difference or that we shouldn't tell all our concerns to God. But I don't think it's so much because we want everything to be fixed. I think it's because we want him and his presence to be with us during it and with us his peace. And I think, um, you know, for us, we've had, you know, really stressful couple of years. We've ended up, you know, a bit homeless, (laughs) living in a friend's spare room and then living in temporary accommodation. And it's been a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, a real lack of control in our life. Like things that we would like to be able to control, we just haven't been able to. And through that, we've had this extraordinary peace 
And we've also had just these amazing friends who have prayed for us, who have provided for us practically, prayerfully, just and I've sent little cards every now and then. And so I've seen, like, again, the love of God and kindness and, and a peace. The Bible talks about a peace that passes understanding. And I think that, for me, has been when you're walking through a valley, a tough place, and you have a peace that passes understanding. For me, that it's not always that the fix happens overnight or that every problem solves. It's that you know that you're not alone in it. Mm. And for me, this last couple of years particularly, I feel like I've experienced God walking step by step by the side of us, um, keeping us upright at moments where really we could have crumbled. That, that's been extraordinary for me, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Okay, it is now time for... Splat the Nat. It is time for Splat the Nat. That sounds very, very profound and deep and fabulous. Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Splat the Nat. He's great. He's one of our um, narrators at Monk no, Audiobooks. <laughs> He's so brilliant. Like, this guy is most talented, one of the most talented guys I know. I was like, do you think you could do this? And he went, what, like this? I went, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Love him. So the whole point about Splat the Nap. Yeah, uh, what, what is the whole point of Splat the Nap? I haven't got a clue. I just thought it sounded good. to the listeners. So basically, the whole point is, and I'm sure I'm going to explain this every single podcast, but you've got good, all right, which is God, but you do also have the bad as well. You had that kind of, almost like that kind of darkness. Some people use the word Satan or the evil one or anything like that. And wow. it's, again, deep, right? <laughs> but I the, did expect this to follow on from a gnat. Yeah, it's coming yeah. on. Okay, go. But the whole point is for me is that it doesn't, in the name of Jesus, in that light, like darkness can't shine in the light, right? And for the whole thing for me is that there are things which happen to us. And sometimes I sort of reflect it as a, an annoying gnat. And I, it just ho- sort of hovers in your front of your face. And what do you do with a gnat? You sort of sway it from side to side. And it sort of knocks over there. And then it sort of comes back. It kind of hovers in front of your face. So then you start making a bit more of a deal of it. And before you know it, you're sort of standing up and, sorry on YouTube here, but you see me being like some kind of like <laughs> crazy monkey one in the banana. Um, but you sort of like swaying, you're making such a big deal of this thing where what you can actually do is just go and then, hand it to God. And it doesn't take it away. It doesn't solve the problem, but you're not doing it alone. This sort of darkness, this nuisance, this annoying thing, this this bad thought, this temptation, all of this, you can just splat it in the name of Jesus, hand up to God and say, let's do all this together and have a bit of clarity going on with your day. And like I said, it's not gone, but you can deal with it. And I'm just wondering if you could splat any gnat, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a little thing. You know, what gnat would you splat? Wow. What gnat would I splat? So it could be something really minor or something really major. Yeah. Just okay. what comes to mind. I'm going to go for just the, the uh, you know, quite a gnat. It's quite a significant gnat. Okay. I think I would go for sexism and misogyny like that's a nice little gnat isn't it yeah, yeah. well it's a big gnat yeah <laughs> it's a big gnat you know there doesn't there seems to be week after week you hear about another celebrity another film director another it could be a church leader frankly it could be a politician and um just the constant 
you know, difficulties that women are finding to mm. find safe places, to even be believed if they report stuff, um, to, e- to get equal pay in the workplace, to, um, just, you know, and, and we've made huge progress. We're making huge progress. I think, you know, we're not in Victorian era Britain anymore, but I still think there is so far to go. And, you know, to be really honest, even as a, a woman in the church, you know, it wasn't that long ago that women, you know, weren't preaching or weren't ordained. And in st- some places that's still difficult. Mm. Um, but I think it's it's really important that we create places, safe places, where young girls can grow up and yeah, feel yeah. confident in who they are and their potential. Um, I think one of the things I love really. And and the Bible has been used to weaponize against women in the past, you know, and there are certain clobber texts they've been called, um, which have been used to suppress women. Yeah. Like Helen Painter. Um, brilliant, brilliant writer. Brilliant and theologian. writer. Yeah. She, yeah. she talks about this a lot in her books Yeah, and it's something which people don't really address yeah. quite a much, but she does. And uh, yeah, apart from Kathy's books, of course, you can come and try that out as well. But um, no, she's brilliant, and, and I think there are lots of resources on there. But there, there have been these texts misused, mm. misused in the past. But the the fact when I look at Jesus, particularly the way that he honoured women and included women, and you know, the first person to see him um, when he rose from the dead was a woman. The first right. person he said he was the Messiah to was a woman. The first evangelist was a woman. Um, the way he honoured his, his mother as well is, you know, it was disproportionate. It was culturally utterly unbelievable, you know, really, you know, off the charts, off uh, unbelievable. And I, I love the fact that, you know, it, there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk about this, you know, in, in God, there is no male or female. We're all equal. And yes. We were created equal. And I, I would love to see a world where men and women aren't, you know, competing or dominating one another, but where we could work in harmony together. Really Chris hope. is quite a big gnat, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big gnat for nat. episode one yeah. here. I'm <laughs> I, like, I thought you were going to say cheese. Or, you know, you like, know, you know, people chocolate. just stacking the dishwasher properly. Yeah, you, know, you know, which to be fair. We could have, you could have gone easier. That is me, also you know? a big thing. Stacking the dishwasher <laughs> but, is a thing. But let's, let's not side from it because it's easy to get jokey in that. But you're, but you're right. And actually, I might, I might speak to you just to make sure we've got all the right resources on um, the Outskirts of Faith website for this. I know Helen's going to help us with that as well. I'm involved in a charity called the Kyria Network. Okay. K-Y-R-I-A Network, which is a Greek word. She was a woman of influence. Really, yeah. And that, that, our Kyria Network website has loads of resources about this. Love and, it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love to see... Women champion, not at the expense of men. This isn't about putting men down. This is not about uh, mm. putting men down. This is, and actually, I love it when men champion women and women champion men, and we're in it together. Well, everyone's got their own skill set. That's right. And the thing is, as well, is it's not even a case where men do this, women do this, because that's easy to be. It's not blue about. and pink jobs. It's is it? not blue no. and pink jobs. Yeah. You know, I remember. You know, I mean, I've always been sort of pro women. You know, pro Kathy. But I remember after my wife gave birth for the first time, I remember walking out, I went, yeah, men are definitely the weaker sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But um, no, you're right. And I I completely agree with that. So that consider that gnat splatted. Yeah, gosh, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it? What, gosh, what would the world be like if we could splat that gnat? Yeah. And, but also what I also want to say is put emphasis on not, but yes, the bit where you said, wouldn't it be great if we were working? If just, it was just honoring one honoring another. Honoring one another. Submitting to one another, yeah. caring for one another, 
like really cheering one another on. That's uh, that's it. Obviously, the best, most honourable, full of integrity men in the world, yeah. and the best, most honourable, full of integrity women in the world. That's you know all fulfilling our potential. That's that, what it's about. And finding the strengths in each other as well. Totally. Rather than can you do this? No, well, you know, find out what they can do. Love that. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so the way we uh, sort of you know like sort of get towards the end of the podcast, what we're going to do is uh, do a little sort of game show. Excellent. At the end of each round. So th- this is the way... Are you the new Bradley Walsh? No. No, no. no. I, I'm, Richard Osman. No, I, no. I think I'm more Mr. Bean doing the game <laughs> show if he did one. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. But what, what we're going to do is, is I'm just going to ask three questions which are sort of like Bible related. Okay. Okay. And, and the whole point is, is that... I'm kind of hoping that you don't get them all right because the whole point of this is saying, look, we don't <laughs> all news. we don't all know what it is. Now you might go easy, like you, I might give you some easy ones. They might be a bit difficult, you know. And each week it'll be different. It's whatever I can find online, really, because I don't have all the answers. I mean, if you're just listening to this and it makes it seem like answers, I'm holding an iPad, you know. I mean, I know some of it and I research a lot of it because it's we're all learning together. That's the point. Okay, so. I'm just going to throw some questions out to you. All right, you've got three questions. I will say it. You'll hear a little sound thing. And then don't speak over that. Otherwise, it'll kind of ruin the whole reveal okay, okay, answer okay, thing. Okay. And we'll see what happens. Okay, so are you ready for your three questions? No, but okay. Beautiful. Okay, so question number one. Oh, sorry, I did this deliberately on you. Sorry. What is the sixth commandment? If you get this right, well, because I was, did this deliberately. Just I haven't got a clue, but I'm going to say honour your mother. No, no, and father. no, no, no. Before you answer, because uh, you haven't answered yet. Oh. Um, when I'm sort of producing you, I'll give you a clue. When I'm producing you, okay, like you know, doing your audio books and that. Sometimes you may feel like doing this, but you must never do this. If I'm saying do this again and again, Kathy, come on, let's do it again. And after a while, you think, oh. I'm going to go out in a minute and... So do not murder. Yeah. Oh, well yes. done. You got yes. it right. Yes. Yes. Excellent. That's it. Thou shalt not kill. That's right. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So you got that one right. Yeah, here, brilliant. Here, um, here we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely. So that was that was a bit bit tricky up and yeah, deliberately. Yeah, but, thanks, um, thanks. You're welcome, you know. Okay, here's, here's one. True or false? Okay, and then by all means elaborate if you want to. So... The more words we say makes our prayers better. True or false? What what would you say? Discussion, really. I would say no, more words does not equal better prayers. I would say probably. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. And the whole point of this is that you know, you see things on television and, and people are down on their knees and they're, you know, they've got their hands closed and they're, they're just there in hours and hours. But, you know, a prayer doesn't need to be that. It actually says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. But it does say after that in the following verses, but they do say, you know, pray for what your needs are. But, you know, God knows your heart. And if you're new to prayer, if you just said, Lord, God, or hey, you know, whatever it is to feel comfortable to start with, I just need your guidance. 
I just need your support right now. It's, that is a prayer and it's a great way to start. And then you may find it, like I said, it's a relationship. It does get easier and that can expand should you want to. Would you I agree t- with that? I totally do. I mean, obviously there's the, there's the Lord's Prayer, which sometimes we learn at school. But in the middle of the Bible, if you literally flop your Bible open, there's the book of Psalms. And a lot of them are just songs or prayers. And some of them are really long. And some of them are really short. Some of them are like, oh God, where are you? My enemies are surrounding me, but I still I still love you and I'll still follow you. And, you know, there is all kind of, the Lord is my shepherd is mm. a very famous one. 20, a people, 23. 23, a lot of people know. Um, but those Psalms are often prayers. And if I don't know what to pray sometimes, I have a little flip through the Psalms and find that sometimes somebody else has put into words for me there. Um, you know, words that I don't have myself. So it can be quite helpful sometimes to look at the the Psalms, but the length isn't anything to do with it. I, I think you're completely right. I think it's to do with your heart, like just leaning towards God. Sometimes it is just saying, you know, God, give me the strength I, I need today to to do the right thing or to, you know, to be kind or what, whatever it is, you know, just a little quick prayer. Do you know, I, I sometimes just rely on, it's like one little phrase. It's a verse from Psalm 118, just supporting what you're saying. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. And for some reason, that really helps me because it's like, yeah, this is really tough. But actually, do you know what? I've been given this day and I'm going to be glad. I'm going to just do my best job. It may still be a pretty rough day, mm. but I'm going to be glad and do my very, very best. I, I, do you know it. what? I, I think that's great because I think prayers of thankfulness are really important because it's very easy to turn prayer into shopping lists. Mm. But actually, th- prayers that say, you know, thank you, God, that you are faithful and good. Or thank you, God, for the beautiful weather today and your wonderful world. Thank you, God, for the people who are helping in that disaster zone around the world. Thank you, prayers, I think, are, you know, if, if we're a parent, we love it if our kids don't just come to us asking for stuff, but just say, thank you, mum, for yeah, helping yeah, me today. Right. Thank you, mum, that you're kind to me. You know, and I, I, like you said, it's a relationship. So thank you, prayers can be really powerful. Brilliant. Okay, you ready for your last one? Yes. Okay. You'll get this. (laughs) Okay, question number three. What should we seek first? I'm going to look at the camera in a dramatic way. It's not a pair of shoes, is it? No, it's not a no, pair of shoes, no. Kathy okay, Madavan. I'm just it's... checking because, you know, that's a thing. Um, no, I believe the verse that you're, you're looking for is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these other things, which may or may not be shoes, will be added to you. Is that right? I've actually got here, seek first the kingdom of shoe. I so you're wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're ab- you're absolutely spot on. Um, first of all, I love that you're you talking about shoes because uh, you even mentioned this in your book. I know, it's a bit embarrassing. It's awkward. You know, just coming in with that, but it's true. Actually, I, I don't even need to read it because you've just uh, you know quoted and I, it. And do you know what? That's a really great verse because I think we seek significance, we seek success, we seek influence, we seek wealth, we seek beauty, we seek all kinds of things, thinking that they will give us fulfillment, that they will give us a sense of identity, that they will give us a sense of purpose. And actually, what this verse is challenging us is, well, what if you seek first the kingdom of God? What does the kingdom of God look like? Kingdom of God looks like caring for the poor. It looks like listening and loving our neighbour. It looks like, you know, being compassionate. It looks like being generous. It looks like, you know, praying and serving the people around us. So if you seek first the kingdom of God, this other stuff will take care of itself. 
Yeah there's, yeah. there's other stuff. Maybe our perspective on it will change. Maybe this stuff doesn't, you know, isn't so important. Maybe actually that isn't the stuff that's going to make us feel fabulous. And also you feel great, right? When you do like help other people or, you know, just say something nice to someone. You, you, they feel good. You feel good, which is great. And also if, you, if you're thinking, oh, well, you know, do I need to go out and do that? Well, do you know what? Let's start more simple. Why don't you go and be the best person you can be today? Yeah. Be the very best person you can be. Like, I mean, I have to say, being the kingdom of God is not just about being nice. And I do think sometimes people think, oh, a good Christian just means being a nice person. So in a purest form, you know, what this is about is aligning yourself with Jesus and the way that he lived and saying, I, I want to follow you. I want to be an apprentice. I want to learn from. That's what a disciple means. Another one of those jargon words. You know, I want to I want to be an apprentice and learn and walk in your shoes and live in a way that looks like you. So so it's not just about being a nice person and doing a good deed for the day, dib 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 dob dob dob. You know, it's it is really about align recalibrating and realigning our souls around something greater, a purpose greater than just our life. So it's not just about giving ourselves a pat on the back. Oh, Oh, I'm a nice, good person today. It is. It is deeper than that. It is deeper than that. That's right. But I think it it is acknowledging that our deepest needs are not found in the things that sometimes we're told that they're found in. But actually, there's something richer, more fulfilling, more fabulous, more spiritually connected. And I think deep down we all know that. Yeah. I think we all know that. Yeah, I think so. You know, even if you're at the early stages of developing your relationship with God, with Jesus. There's, you, you, you're listening to this because you know, you know, and explore it because yeah. I think it's great. And how did it feel to say dip, 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 dop, dop, dop on a podcast? Yeah, that's something that I, I have to be honest, I didn't see coming. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I I, the straight, only thing you did do was put your... Yeah, I know. I went straight back to my girl guide yeah, phase. But that, that's for another you know, day. Thanks for letting me do that. I feel quite liberated. <laughs> I had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. It just happened. It happened. Um, so that was podcast one. That, that went all right. Yeah, well done. Kathy. No, well done you. I love what you do. Let's um let's just talk about your website. What's your website? Because I genuinely love what you do. I think you offer so much to people and businesses and churches and everyone, just just people in general. And your books are fabulous as well. So where can people find you? Well, thank you, mate. You've been involved in making my audio books and I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So Pleasure. there is one Kathy Madavan on the whole planet. It's a pretty rare name. So kathymadavan.com, pretty easy to find, um, or Insta or LinkedIn or wh- wherever, you know, I'm I'm around Twitter. Well, it, that thing that used to be called Twitter, it's like the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, yeah, make sure you do hook her up on that. And of course, you've got the outskirts of faith podcast as well you know, hook us up on your tiktoks and all that jazz and instagram and all of that did you know there are two elliot frisbees are there yeah right who I, is the other one i think he heads up visit britain wow yeah i know and i think i, I could be wrong but i think there was like a a domain war going on once about getting it because i had uh I had like the dot com. I can com. see the chat going mad now. People Googling. Yeah. I had like this dot com thing once and uh, yeah, we had it. But, and uh, I remember I was working with, um, it's a good friend of mine, you know, lovely guy, uh, Mike Reed from the Radio One Days. Oh, yeah. You know? So we've, we've written some stuff together over the years and uh, he's a lovely man. God bless him. He's great. And I think he ended up having a conversation with this guy and he rang me. Oh, and he did. I'm going to say, I think he did. He rang me. He goes, I've just been talking to Elliot Frisbee. I said, You haven't. He went, yeah, the other one. It's really, it's quite spooky. It is. Well, it's quite spooky when you got, think you got a unique there name. There really is only one of you, though. 
There really is only one of you. And can I just compliment you on also rocking out the old uh, flares. flares today. Like, do people, people know this about you? This first podcast, do they know? I mean, never mind me. Do they know you and your flareage? Have I flare? Yeah, I only wear flares. Uh, boots. So my, my website for a while was uh, bootsandflares.co.uk. It's not it's not active anymore. I'm it's per- a thing, folks. But you've suddenly, fashion has come around and found you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's rude. I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't know what that means, Kathy. No, I mean, but, yeah, sorry. But, yeah. Yeah, cowboy boots and flares. That's that's what You're I'm a doing. beautiful thing. And you are as well. Now before we leave, Kathy, would you kindly finish us on a prayer and I will then join in at the end and just close down the podcast. That'd be lovely. Thank you. Let's you pray. Mm. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are unconditionally loving and mm. thank you for that foundation of unconditional love. And I pray for all of us today that we would just know a bit more of that love, that when we don't feel lovable, we'd remember that you love us anyway and that you're always there for us. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for being for us. And uh, we pray that we can live in a way that honours you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, just wants us to support everything Kathy said. Um, I agree with every single word. And I pray for everyone listening to this podcast today. I, I pray that they can take one step closer to you, Lord, that they may explore and find the joy that it is in knowing you and getting to know Jesus and feeling the Holy Spirit and that they may talk about it to other people and that it may reach on and that their love, which you've just filled them with abundance, can go forth in every way that in using their unique gifts that you have given them, that they may go forth and have a great day, great week, great month, and pass it on to other people so they may do the same in your name. So in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us. We would love for you to subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a lovely review. Uh, If you'd be so kind, that would be great. And do hook us up on social media. You can get hold of us on the website, outskirtsoffaith.com, and there are resources on there for you as well. And if there is something that you know, you feel like you need and it isn't there, please just write us an email. We'll do our very best to get back to you as quickly as we can and see what we can find for you. So you take care until next time. We'll see you on the Outskirts of Faith podcast. Take care. God bless. You've been listening to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. We would love more people to join our community. So please subscribe, share this podcast and join us on our social media. And of course, you can visit our resource website at outskirtsoffaith.com. This podcast was edited by Chris Byland, the YouTube video editing by Adam Moss, music by Matthew Salvage, and hosted by Elliot Frisbee.